1: Many thanks to the OneTrust team for their support. just go to porkbun.com forward slash fm 24 That's porkbun, porkbu com forward slash fm 24 You'll save a dollar on your next domain.
2: Bench is an online bookkeeping service that provides you with tax-ready financial statements from professional bookkeepers. It's everything you need to forget about your bookkeeping without actually forgetting about your bookkeeping. Go to www.bench.co forward slash Rocketship to save 20% off your first six months.
0: Welcome to the Rocketship Podcast. I'm Michael
3: Saka. I'm Matt Goldman.
2: And I'm Joelle Goldman. Today we talked with Jeff Epstein, the founder of Ambassador. What'd you guys think of this one?
3: We learned a lot about how he's taking his software product and making it work for different use cases and different verticals, and the way they're approaching that from the you know team side all the way through to pricing is really really interesting. What do you think?
0: Yeah, it's always great to hear about the sales process they're taking and, and how they're kind of taking this old idea that's you know kind of wrapped up in a new way um, to market and making it it attractive to kind of tech companies and uh so yeah it's uh it's a good episode on sales and tactics so let's get into it
2: alex bloomberg is a master storyteller you probably know him from this american life or his other podcast startup he's offering a course on creative live all about how to tell a great story and we've got a sneak peek
4: for you right here Anyone can benefit from learning to tell better audio stories, whether you're a reporter on the radio or you're an entrepreneur trying to tell an effective story about your business. Maybe you just have a job where you need to communicate effectively to large groups of people. Anybody can benefit from learning to tell a better story. In this workshop, what I'm doing is sort of unpacking what exactly is a story, how can you be effective in telling stories, and how can you lay them out in a way that they get maximum impact to your audience.
2: Go to creativelive.com forward slash rocket ship to save 30% off this course and others.
4: So Jeff, welcome. Thank you.
0: Glad to have Excited you to here. here. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're going to talk about a little sales. Um, but yeah, first, tell me a bit about Ambassador, what you guys are doing there.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So at Ambassador, we help companies track and manage referrals. Um, so if you think about Uh, the uber referral program or uh airbnb or dropbox those types of referral programs we basically help companies of of really of any size in any industry uh build a seamless uh referral model into their you know website or app um we also help obviously from the tracking perspective from the ui uh and most importantly from the management reward as well so it's really the entire kind of end-to-end uh referral needs and uh again it works with with companies uh you know, across verticals and integrates with many of the third party systems that, that companies are using.
0: Why was this a problem that you wanted to set out to solve?
4: So, so my background and to give you a little bit of context, so I, I um, uh, about eight or nine years ago, uh, was in the affiliate marketing space and in mm-hmm. the, pro- at the time, and this is even kind of pre Facebook and Twitter, at least kind of a critical mass. Uh, the problem uh, was that affiliate, the affiliate channel was, was a very lucrative and efficient channel for big companies, for big brands. Um, but from an, for a, from a small company perspective, uh, you're, unless you had a name brand, it was almost impossible to get people to refer on your behalf, right? And, and the only way to kind of have this wide distribution that was to find kind of publishers who would, you know, take, your, uh, would take your brand and put it on their website as maybe a banner ad or something, um, so thinking about that model, and we, what I did uh, was try to leverage the you know individual referrals. And at the time, uh, we were doing this through AOL and Messenger. Then, as Facebook and Twitter and social media became more popular, I realized that individuals could also be or are becoming, and now it's it's, it's pretty uh, synonymous with, with being publishers. So, individuals had the same reach that many uh, publishers did, you know, like Yahoo or CNN did, you know, ten years ago. Um, so really the it 's really taking the 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 spin uh, a spin on what was previously affiliate marketing um, and really bringing it down to the individual level and then what we found was that uh, obviously those what we call ambassadors but those individuals who have uh, your best uh, you know your really your best uh, you know your best intentions in mind. They they care about your brand. They they want to be have they have an affinity to be related to your company. They are much more important uh, and much more valuable than someone kind of just looking for money. So it was really the combination of of the I wouldn't say problems, but really the evolution in terms of technology and the way that we can communicate with other people and and, and put that in a platform that's that's scalable and can be utilized uh, from a product perspective, opposed to just you know into a network and having to kind of you know. Go by their rules, so it's like really giving a company more more you know power over the their destiny.
0: Nice and like just to get some of the I guess the lingo clear. Um, you know it it's referral uh, referral marketing. Um, what is that to you? What does that mean when companies use referral marketing as a strategy?
4: Sure, and and, and I think this you know the the compelling thing for us is that this is still this category is still truly being defined. Okay. Um, so the way that we see referral marketing, and we see referral marketing as really an umbrella that encompasses a few different commonly seen tactics, let's say. Um, so one is like a customer referral program. And again, that's the one that we see most often. That was what we would call like Uber or Lyft where someone is using a product and they're quickly referring somebody and, and giving them you know leads or new customers. We also see there like partner programs, um, you know, whether it's a it's a broker or uh, let's say a, a developer who builds uh, who builds shopping carts and, and they tend to send companies to Stripe. Let's say uh, they could be a, they could be a partner of Stripe and get a revenue share. So we we do company we work with a lot of SaaS companies who have with well, Volusion is one of them or Sage. Uh, we have a lot of companies who have you know partners and contractors. And then the third use case that we really see often is. The more traditional affiliate model and and in that the distinction for us is the affiliates tend to be people that may not add any value they may not necessarily know the product intimately or even care a ton about the product but they do have a way to drive traffic and leads and ultimately uh, ideally you know sign ups for for companies and they're willing to you know to leverage those channels um, those are the three main umbrellas but I think even even as the space evolves in in kind of the marketing space, we're seeing more like influencer marketing. And I think those also play a role in kind of this fragmented space that we're living in right now.
0: Interesting. And so what does your sales look like on this? How how have you gotten to market and gotten in front of people?
4: Yeah. So it's, so, so that's the interesting part is that because there's not one single, you know, people aren't looking for CRM. They're, they're really looking for a bunch of different things. So, you know, being called ambassador certainly helps companies. I think at the end of the day are looking for new channels to grow their business, right? In the end of the day, that's what's going to allow us to survive as a company, allow, you know, any company to survive is having customers and sales. And so what we're really doing is, you know, we're obviously using some of those, uh, you know, we're being found, which, which is great. And companies are searching more and more for, uh, you know, referrals refer, a friend, uh, affiliate, influencer. We're seeing all of those terms come up as ways people are finding us. So we are really uh, you know, in the early stages of, of really, again, kind of determining what this category looks like. And um, so that, that's one of the challenges, I think. But it's also a really amazing opportunity for us. Um, so aside from that, I mean, obviously, we're looking at the customers that are successful. So from an outbound perspective, seeing the companies that have found us have been really successful. And again, that's crossed multiple verticals. And, you know, finding people like them who would also be successful given kind of the, the variables that we're seeing. Um, those, are, those are, I guess, our best kind of sales tactics from that perspective. But a, um, a, great, a vast majority of our uh, contacts and leads are inbound.
3: So affiliate marketing is nothing new, uh, but historically the software has been known to be uh, basically a nightmare. So are you finding that a lot of the people that are using ambassador are coming from older tools or are these people who are starting an affiliate program for the first time?
4: Yeah, That's a great question. So I say, I would tell you the people that are coming in thinking of thinking about it from an affiliate perspective. And again, some of it is just frame of reference experience that they've had. Typically if they're thinking about affiliates, they've had affiliate marketing programs before. Um, so I think you're right about that. Um, when it comes to referrals or you know referral marketing, when it, 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 some a lot of people find us from ambassador marketing, uh, those are where people say we know anecdotally this is going to be work really well, or we know that people are referring, but we have no idea how to track this, how to manage this, how to optimize it. And in those cases, they're starting from scratch. I think when you see some of the older, you know, again affiliate marketing, as you mentioned, uh, an older kind of uh, well, or at least. You know, decently well-known channel. Those people tend to say, you know, I did this at a previous job, or I worked, um, you know, I worked in affiliate marketing. And I kind of get what you guys are doing, and I think you have put a cool twist on that. It's not as, uh, it's you know, it's not as antiquated or it's not as uh, rigid as kind of the old systems. It's it's really putting a a, a nice kind of face on on what it could be.
3: And you're hiring at the rate that you are. How are you able to keep? Uh, keep a, a strong culture and keep consistency across the team.
4: So that's been culture and, and hiring has been a huge you know, priority for us. And, and what we've found, and it's one of those things that, as you you know, start a company and you hear experienced entrepreneurs, they'll tell you about culture and how important it is. And for me, it was one of those things where I always, I always heard them, but I always thought, oh, that just like kind of works itself out and. I've realized that that's definitely not the, and we've actually been really, really fortunate and had great people, but it's something that you have to be super mindful and thoughtful about. Um, And for us, what we've done is about our 25th employee, we hired like a head of, a head of people uh, who literally their sole job is to both find amazing people and make everyone on our team better and engage them in a way so that they're super excited about everything we do. And then, you know, from there kind of flows down to, to the way that we operate. So we, we recently had our first kind of offsite annual summit. We talked through kind of our plan for the year. We're super transparent, kind of give everybody uh, really a, a window into to, to how we're thinking about uh, not only growing the company, but kind of some of the financials and some of our metrics that everyone is kind of focused on and all the teams are focused on, and really trying to get everybody uh, bought in. And, and again, the cool part is I think everybody already was bought in, but really giving them uh, more ownership into how we're thinking about it and to have the transparency to see that, um, cause it's, it's super, it's super critical. And then as we grow, make sure, making sure that we keep, keep, uh, you know, any new candidate, uh, you know, focused on, uh, and making sure we're measuring them against those values and, and, kind of those, uh, you know, those metrics that we're, that we're trying to hit.
0: So the sales culture is always tough. Um, you know, it's a very competitive, um, you know, kind of sector of the business, but, Yet you you know, you kind of need everyone to, to get along. Um, how do you guys handle incentives and even kind of the churn of a sales uh, of your sales
4: force? So that, that is a great question, and I tell you the best, the best answer for that is our VP of sales has one of, the, one of my favorite things uh, about him and his track record is he has a super, super low turnover rate. Um, I know some philosophies across uh, sales managers and sales leaders is that a certain percentage have to have to go and can't make it and, and our philosophy is actually the opposite of that um, we look to have a hundred percent a hundred percent retention uh, our goal our goal is is uh, as a team one of them is a zero percent you know zero regrettable loss across the org um, and again I know that doesn't relate to sales but but really we do, we are philosophy from a sales perspective is to coach up and find people and make sure that we're making the right hires instead of uh you know making any hiring anybody and then and then cutting kind of the bottom third or bottom quarter so we actually haven't had that problem which is which is really nice uh from an incentive perspective i think you know we try to align all of our team on the same incentives for the company obviously you know some people are compensated differently and and uh hasn 't been an issue, and, and I think it's again the beauty is the people I think in our company know where everyone 's at so there aren 't really any surprises so uh, part of I think the uh, feedback or challenges that companies may get is when people have no idea what 's going on and they 're kind of uh, you know blindsided by some information, whether it 's you know roles or comps or th- things like that so we, we've we 've been open Every, everyone kind of knows um, how we operate and and we 've really but it's allowed us to not have to deal with some of those issues that maybe other companies do.
2: So how do you guys or do you guys use your own software and philosophy to grow your business through referrals and affiliates and partnerships?
4: Yeah, we, we use our, our software a lot. Um, we actually have on our page at getambassador.com slash um, referfriend. And friend there are dashes in there. We have uh, we have a, a referral program you can sign up for. We give a twenty five dollar gift card if you refer someone who, who does a demo, and an Apple Watch if they end up buying. So we do it. We have uh, we get we we send up. We have a I don't know dozens or even more you know dozens of Apple Watches going up. Um, we have a pretty good relationship with Apple, uh, the Apple Store bias us because we buy so many Apple watches, so they, they really love us. They, they bring them to our office, um, but yeah, it works really well. We've seen uh, really great success. Many of our customers um, come from referrals, and, and some of them don't even you know sign up, but we still send them the watch. We we, we see them, you know, we track those uh, through our sales force, actually. So um, it's a it's a great. Uh, obviously, we we eat our own dog food and, and we leverage it quite a bit, and we you know, I've been playing with some testing and optimization and things like that If we ha- as we start to build out our own marketing team. So, you know, we were even a little early in terms of kind of the stage of our company. Uh, earlier this year, we had literally one person doing everything marketing. Um, so now as we actually have a marketing team, we have someone who can actually focus on the referral program and spend, you know, a significant chunk of their time uh, thinking about it and managing it. So that's been, you know, as we've gone through this year, we've been able to put a much more time into our referral program and it's, and it's, you know, we've seen much, much higher results. It's you know, X hundred percent more referrals, and I know. And last month, we probably had thirty or forty demos referred, so it was quite a few. And uh, you know, several of those are, are you know in the sales cycle and closing. And I know we've sent out, like I said, a couple dozen watches already this year. So it's been nice. It's it's been it's been a real big boost for us.
2: So the Apple Watch is interesting. I'm curious what kind of um, information or experience or data you have around. Uh, what you offer people, uh, whether it's cash or, uh, you know, like a price, a watch or something like that. And then if there's a threshold where it doesn't really matter anymore, like how much more they're offered, it's, it's, Does that make it's sense?
4: A, it, it absolutely makes sense. And it's something that we're saying, there's a couple variables in play that make it tough. Cause we get this question probably 80% of the time, which, which is a great question. Um, and and the answer is based on a few different things. But one is it really it really matters who you're who you're looking for in terms of who you're targeting for the referral. Um, and again, this also depends on what we would you know how we would label the program you're running. So our platform allows you to run let's say an employee referral program alongside a uh, let's say a partner program. So the partner may want a rev share if it's SaaS, like you may want ten percent recurring rev share for life, right? Because they're going to maybe help install it and do some maintenance and things like that. Where an employee, you know, you may give them a $1,000 bonus. Um, so companies do that. So it, it depends. And I think, so I think it, it first and foremost depends on, the, on who you're targeting. Um, gift cards work really well in general. Cash obviously always works well. Uh, if it's going to be a partner or sort of a longer term relationship, you can do a recurring rev share. And obviously those are consultants and people who are in the business of maybe, you know, making money over longer periods of time where they see that value and Many of our customers who you know pay out millions of dollars uh, a year. They're, they're they're working with partners who you know have a book of business, and they've helped integrate technologies and things like that, or or you know even insurance and things like that. Um, I do think there also is a threshold, but it also depends on the, the the relationship that these referring parties have with your brand. So in some cases, you'll see, and this is i kind of across the world. People are going to refer Apple for free because they love Apple and, and, and they love Apple products. And I think everybody should have them. Um, so I think as you move on that spectrum between someone being a, the biggest fan ever for your product or service to someone who is indifferent, I think you have to give them an even bigger incentive to get them to, 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 you know, to do something. So it really is a sliding scale. Some companies, you know, public companies, some big brands, we know you guys can get away with doing something very little just to keep it top of mind to engage people. But if it's a really tough product or something that you wouldn't refer, uh, you know, regularly, those are, those are going to have people have to get more creative, I think. And, and that's really what, you know, part of our uh, sales process, and this is actually a huge component, is we have a success team that is required. You work with our team uh, we onboard you, but we also coach you through and talk through your kind of marketing uh, strategy in terms of how people are you know, engaging with you through across social channels and other ways. So we can learn what, what, what are some things we can test, what are some things that uh, we can think about in terms of an incentive that will work. And, uh, and again, for every company it's different, but uh, th- those are things that we're thinking about in terms of thresholds. And we typically say you know, start on the low end of what you'd expect to give. Um, we can always move it up much more difficult to move it down. Um, You know, obviously when I calculate ROI and LTV and all those other factors and margins all play a role. So those are things which vary greatly between, you know, a consumer electronics company and, you know, a SaaS software company, for example.
2: So if a company signs up with you guys and they have a decent offer, um, but the, the program just isn't really getting off the ground, what are some common reasons why you see that happen?
4: The biggest reason that happens is because it's that the program isn't top of mind or isn't easy. Those are those, I think those go hand in hand. Um, making it easy to share is imperative. But what that means typically is putting it in a place uh, with super low friction on, either on your website or app, keeping it uh, very easy in terms of the barrier for receiving rewards for actually sharing itself. Um, sometimes companies will build this into the app. Obviously, like a company like Uber, Airbnb, it's front and center. It's really easy to access, and they make it really clear in terms of the rules. Um, what we find that's challenging is sometimes, and we see this a lot, is companies will overcomplicate the different tiers and the incentives, and it'll just be a crazy. Usually less is more. And our platform will allow you to get crazy and, comp- and do really complex structures. Um, but if you say, hey, refer somebody and get a $25 gift card, it's, it's, very, it's very intuitive. We get it, make it really easy. Uh, those things tend to work well, and companies also. The, I think the other more important thing is if it's not a say like, you know consumer electronics. Some of those things are you can share all day long, and it makes sense. But other products and services are they're more opportunistic. And what I mean by that is if someone asks me to refer um, you know a product, let's say I, I may not be referring it every day on LinkedIn, but I may find a time when it makes sense for me to refer it. Uh, to a select group of people, and you know companies have to have to expect not everybody's going to start sharing just because you, you roll out the program on day one, so some of it again is' it's the cadence of messaging and making sure that uh, it 's top of mind, so when the, when it is the opportunity arises that it makes sense and um, we, we do see that like one of the things that we, we see you know, across the board is the company 's performance in their ninth month is better than their sixth, and in their eighteenth month is better than their twelfth, and it happens with every single company we have um uh, and that's because it take it takes time like people don't know about it they're not always in a position where they're going to share effectively and it's not always about just blasting it out to people it's really making a a a thoughtful you know uh, smart uh, referral that that actually is going to close and, and 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 likely be a much higher you know lifetime value customer and a much better customer
3: is pricing difficult to get right when you're going after three different use cases and so many different size companies
4: yes pricing is, is, is really tough. And I mean, I would even tell you, aside from that fact, it's also that it's there's no, there's no defined price yet in, in this category. So, And I, and I can tell you uh, an interesting story. So we came into this market and there were a couple competitors that were bigger, more established, more well-funded. Uh, although they were SaaS in terms of the structure of payment, they were much more like agencies. So because of that, they charged um' say you know mid you know mid five figures like 30 60 grand per, pretty much every every time um, we came in you know brash you know willing to work really cheap um, and undercut them and and would win would occasionally win some deals off them um, But what you realize and again I think what's more common to read now is that you you know you're really you really need to charge more if you want to provide all this you know all the support and infrastructure and all the security you know, functionality, all these things that companies are looking for that, that are that size. Right. Um, so what we've been doing is, you know, we've increased our price, but we've also, and I think proportionally and even more so increased our service and, um, really bringing the service side of software as a service to these companies. So, you know, that's we've, we've been taking more and more customers from our old competitors and we're blowing them out of the water from a service perspective. And and ultimately that's what you have to do. Like the product is better. Uh, I think that's, you know, Objectively, you know, it's not even close. But where we really win is with service, and uh, that means answering a question quickly, helping them get onboarded fast. Um, you know, not uh, you know, not sending them to a, a call center where people aren't available, but really being a being being there to, to answer the questions and know their accounts. So that's been a challenge. But because of that, we ha- we have to charge more. So what we've what's happened for us is we're actually on the top of the market in terms of price now, and we see our competitors. Uh, undercutting us, so it, it, it's a it's a role reversal, which is pretty funny. But uh, we just recently onboarded a customer today. Um, our biggest competitor was charging sixty percent of what we what we told them it would be, so they picked them. And then two months later, they called us and said, "Your competitor can't get us onboard. We haven't been able to do it. We need to be up and running by Christmas." Um, so we said, "Okay, well, you know, price is still the price. We can't really help you there." but if you guys can sign it, we'll get you up and running. And uh, we signed it, they signed it a week ago. Um, Yesterday was our, was our team party. Everyone was supposed to leave at four. And we had four of our success team members on a call with this company until five. And then today we launched it. So we got it done. Um, They're super pumped. At the end of the day, like, you know, it's, it's tough. Like, the the pricing conversation is tough. but you know, we put four senior people on that, on that for a couple hours. Like that, you know, but it, and, and we'll keep working with them as more problems arise if, if they do, but uh, that's, that's kind of what you have to do, and to hire good people and to have a good culture and to make those things possible, you know, we have to charge more. So that, that's kind of where, where we've come out on it, and, and I think it's worked, and we're just finding companies that are investing in it too. So it's been a good trade off for us.
3: And I imagine with the $200 price point being the lowest, it, it weeds out a lot of people who aren't ready yet. To do this program. Um, and those are people who, who probably complain the most about price, but really, if they were ready to do it, $200 would not be a problem. Do you see that?
4: It, exactly. And, and the way that, and, and, and again, the beauty of kind of starting a company, and, and, and again, myself included, I was in this position too, where, man, if you hear a, a price point of even 100 that that's a lot of money. And, and, and I mean, in some ways it is. But then when you just think about like the cost of doing business, like the cost of of having a uh, you know a bug that's affecting like a, a customer or multiple customers or those types of those challenges or those things that come up when you're uh, having those issues they're they're you know they're critical they they can um, you know they can cost you tens of thousands of dollars in in, in lost opportunity or whatever so um, I, I can fundamentally agree our two hundred dollar plan is 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 not even uh, widely sold um, and and to be honest the, the the prices that are lower than that, what we found is that our competitors who are at a lower price point—they are our best lead gen. Uh, people will sample their products, understand the limitations, and say, "We know this is going to work. We see the ROI, but we need something that actually can manage this end-to-end process in a much better way." So, we, our best, some of our best customers and fastest closing customers are ones who have been using really cheap solutions and said, "All right, we vetted it out. We know it works." Help us migrate, and you know we're excited to learn about what we can do with all your you know best practices and feedback. So that's been like a really pleasant surprise from from really you know moving up market. But along with that, we had to you know the product had to evolve too. So we couldn't just offer the same product. It has to be something that's much more robust than uh, you know the com- the companies that are coming in at the the much lower price points.
2: So, Jeff, uh, tell everyone where they can keep up with you and Ambassador online and get signed up for one of your programs.
4: Absolutely. So the best way, uh, obviously find us on our website. uh, It's getambassador.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, and our handle is at Ambassador, A-M-B-A-S-S-A-D-O-R. And if you want to follow me at Twitter, uh, I am at Jeff underscore Epstein. Uh, definitely feel free to ping me. I love uh, engaging with entrepreneurs and, and, and love talking about strategy and tactics. It's, um, it's awesome. I, I know a lot of the folks have been Rockchip, So um, it's, been, uh, it's been really cool to kind of see all the you know, the different uh, podcasts you guys have had. So many, many friends and, and lots of people that I admire. So it's really, really appreciate being, uh, being a part of it. Well, thank you very That's much.
0: awesome.
2: Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rocketship Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website. Check them out, rocketship.fm.
0: And while you're there, make sure you sign up for our newsletter, where twice monthly we send out actionable advice for entrepreneurs and exclusive links to AMAs with our guests. That's rocketship.fm. Sign up today. we end of the
4: end of the end of
0: the